Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is your host, John Hewlin. And in today's episode, you are listening to part one of my interview with Colette Brown. Colette is a personal wellness advocate, entrepreneur, host of the Limitless Healing with Colette podcast, speaker, and much more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy part one of my interview with Colette. Hi, I'm Colette Brown, personal wellness advocate, and you are listening to Relationships and Revenue with John Hewlett. Life is all about relationships, and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue Podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world, representing many disciplines, about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people and amazing leaders. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is your host, John Hewlin. As always, thrilled to have each and every one of you with me today. And as you heard from the introduction, I have the one and only Colette Brown. Colette, how are you today? I'm well. This is this is really exciting that we have this opportunity to share fantastic information with everyone who's listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can't wait to jump right into it. Now, folks, if you don't know Colette, first of all, you need to get to know Colette. And so before we get to when we get to the end, I will be sure to have Colette tell you the ways to find her, because I mm. promise once you hear what she has to say, you're going to want to find her. <sighs> Thank you. But, I, she's, I... but she lives in uh, she lives in the wonderful world of Los Angeles, California. I do. I do. So, which is super fun from the outside. Right. Um, <laughs> I have so several true. friends who live in the area and they have different definitions of what super fun means when you actually live in LA. So yeah, not the traffic. <laughs> uh, among not other things. Cost. Yes. Not that. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. funny. You mentioned that I've actually had in the last, like since the beginning of summer, I've had a dozen friends who decided we're done. We're leaving. Yeah. California. They moved all yeah. different. I mean, they went all over mm -hmm. the place. I had yeah. two of them who went, they went international. They just said, we're not just leaving California. We're going somewhere else completely. We're out. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So trying all different kinds of fun things. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as Colette said, she is a personal wellness advocate and Colette doesn't necessarily know this, but you all know that this is how your boy John does things. Colette, do you see this? I do. John does his homework ahead of time. <laughs> I do my research. So I I'm good it. to go here. I'm ready. All right. Personal wellness advocate, quite obviously an entrepreneur, host of the Limitless Healing with Colette Brown podcast. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to jump into that. Yeah. Getting ready to launch a product, which I definitely want to hear more about that. Mm -hmm. um, and I know you're a big lover of the outdoors. But my suspicion that among all those other things, the number one title that you hold most dear is mom. Yes, for sure. Yes, I, I love my babies. <laughs> mom to two amazing young ladies, yes. as well as to several others in the neighborhood. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm a mother to all, actually, but um, too biological. <laughs> there you go. There you go. 
All right. Well, help us out a little bit because we know who Colette is now. Mm-hmm. But what I like to try and pull out of my guests is some of that backstory. Yeah. Tell us how the Colette we see today became that Colette. How'd you get to where you are today? So I'm going to take you back to when I was a little girl and Mm. I grew up in the country in a little town called Yakima, Washington. And my parents had grown up in LA and they wanted a different life. And so Mm. they moved to a little country town where they had nine children and Growing up, I was the second oldest, but oldest daughter. And so I was mother number two in the household. And there were a ton of responsibilities uh, with not only the children and laundry and cleaning and cooking and keeping everyone on a schedule and baths. And, but we also had the outside, we had farm animals, mm. we had cows, we butchered one cow a year that fed the family. Um, we had to change sprinkler pipes. Um, we had to mend fences. We had to mm-hmm. buck hay. We uh, had to mow the yard, the grass, you know, it was an acre yard and there was so much going on. And then we had a like little garden and we had uh, some trees like apple and plum trees. Mm. And so there was a lot going on and sleep was not always prioritized. And I learned this <laughs> much later in life. So what was the byproduct of me not getting the sleep that I needed? I was sick all the time as a child. Oh. And then both of my parents were also RH negative. And so when my mom was pregnant with me, um, she didn't have her Rogam shot. So I think that also played a part in her blood attacking mind, making me help us. More... Well, you said RH negative. What is that? Yeah. So it's a, it's a blood type. And oh, okay. if you have, if you have both parents that are RH negative, um, then you're, so the, basically the mom, if she's RH negative attacks the, uh, blood of your baby and makes the oh, baby wow. pretty much chronically anemic. And there are ways now today and, and back then they were just, I don't know when they discovered it, but they give the mom a shot prior to pregnancy or when she gets pregnant so that the blood doesn't attack the baby. So um, I think that was part of my problem as well is that my my immune system wasn't as robust. Mm -hmm. And so I was just literally sick. My entire childhood, my fourth grade year, I had Mm. strep throat tonsillitis seven times. And I remember the doctor telling me as a fourth grader, Colette, if you get this one more time, your tonsils are coming out. And I just thought, I don't know what to do with that information. And my mom was fighting him saying, no, people need their tonsils and you can't take her tonsils out. But he was like, I'm going to make an executive decision if you get sick again. So what does this mean in the big picture? It means that today we know about our gut microbiome. It's billions of microorganisms that are they're in our body, they're larger in number than our human cells. And Mm. we have to nourish and take care of them. And if we don't, then um, kind of the bad bacteria can overgrow and then it causes all kinds of problems, health problems that a lot Mm. of people call comorbidities, but are they comorbidities? I don't, I think not. I think everything is related to the gut. And so 
I destroyed my gut microbiome, my ancestral mm. DNA with all the rounds of antibiotics. It was a constant drip. Mm. However, when I lived on the farm, I was gaining the microbiome of the earth from the, the dirt, from the farm animals, from my siblings, from the trees, from the grass, from running around with no shoes on. And when I left home and I went to college in a sterile environment, that is when I nosedived and I started getting sick and it manifested in chronic IBS, stomach pain, um, mm. cystic acne, arthritis, uh, lethargy, brain fog, you name it. I was just mm. a mess at a very young age. And so I went on this whole over 20 years of not knowing how to heal, going to doctors, asking what's wrong with me, heal me, help me. I'm, I'm tired mm -hmm. of living in this chronic pain. And, you know, then flash forward to having children, I couldn't show up for them fully the way that I wanted just because of all these, um, this chronic pain going on within my body. And, mm -hmm. and so I was seeking information and it wasn't until um, right before I turned 40, I had uh, an episode that, and I was frequently going to the ER and I went to the ER. They're like, nothing's wrong with you. They sent me back home. And about a week later, I ended up in the ER again. And this time I was told that I needed an appendectomy by the nighttime interventional radiologist. They admitted me and said, um, we'll deal with this in the morning. The morning interventional radiologist came in and said, um, your appendix is inflamed, but you don't need an appendectomy. And I said, I want a third opinion. Okay. So hence personal wellness advocate. And I also did a stint in medical sales, work closely with doctors and professionals mm -hmm. and realized that they're human and you have to be an advocate and not just take what a doctor is telling you as God, mm -hmm. but you need to do your own research. Again, I tell people don't just hear what I say, go do your own research. And, and this is my experience. And I did things that healed myself along the way. And I love to know the science behind it. And I love to share it with people. Mm -hmm. Um, so the third opinion comes in doctor and he said, everybody needs their appendix out anyway. So we're going to remove what? your appendix. And he's like, I'll get you on the schedule. And his phone rings picks up his phone in front of me as I'm like laying in the hospital bed in pain and just dire straits. Like I, I didn't know what to do. And I was very emotional. And he says, yeah, Hey Joe, I got a quick procedure. I'll be at the game around one o'clock this afternoon. I'll see you there. Click. And I looked at him and I said, I don't care if I need the surgery, you're not doing it. And um, I was just like, no, like that was the rudest thing. And it was probably the best thing that he could have ever done because I could have trusted him. Yeah. And a nurse enters stage left. And she, after the doctor left and she said, Colette, I've read your charts. I've, I've looked at the, um, the scans. And I want to tell you that I think you have something called a leaky gut but I didn't tell you I could get fired. And I'd never heard that before. And this was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I took that thread and I started pulling it. I found a doctor who was a, 
a GI, but also a functional medicine doctor that had an apothecary in his office. I went, we got tested and he said, you know what? You're going to be just fine. And I had heard from doctors for the previous 20 years that I would be chronically ill. And I didn't, I wanted to believe him, but I just, inside of me, I was like, "Uh, you know, I don't know. So he's like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to eat this way. You're going to take these supplements and I'll see you back here in 30 days. Within 30 days, I was a brand new person. My Mm. joint pain was gone. My cystic acne was gone. My stomach pain was gone. My brain fog was gone. My Mm. energy levels were up. I was like an 18 year old girl (laughs) and I was so excited and it, just lit me up because I was quote healthy my entire life, like growing up the way that I did and and knowing about eating vegetables and growing a garden and um, having the grass-fed meat. And I, I knew how to eat, but the way that the FDA tells us to eat is really scary when you understand the long-term effects that it will have on your body. And that's mm-hmm. where the pain point is that people don't know because they think that they're going down a path and they're eating right. And that these mm-hmm. aches and pains are because you're getting older and this is how it's going to be. And um, yeah, you get osteoporosis and you you get, you know, everybody has to have open heart surgery because you just can't help the plaque from building up. Wrong, mm-hmm. wrong, wrong, wrong. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is not accurate. And I'm so passionate about it because I saw my body heal mm-hmm. and I've, I became so excited and I, I went through a divorce and I had to figure out like, okay, what's my next, my next thing? Because my business that I had at the time, I was traveling a lot and mm. I was gone and I needed to be home. And one of my friends said, Colette, what do you talk about all the time? And I said, <laughs> wellness and how everybody can be well. And I send everyone to my doctor and I'm just so excited about, about like the simple things that you can do to really live a full life. And Mm -hmm. so I went down that path, went through a functional medical practitioner program, Mm -hmm. um, started working alongside a doctor, um, and helping and by the way, like when I, when I had the chronic, um, the cystic acne, I went to esthetician school because I thought if a doctor or estheticians can't fix me, like I'm going to learn it myself. And so I got my esthetician license wow. and, um, and so I had that too. And whenever I'd work with people, I would say, it's not what you're doing topically. This comes from the gut. This is what's mm. manifesting from your gut in your skin. And mm-hmm. when people have psoriasis, eczema, Again, it, it's it's from the gut and these physical manifestations, 95% of all autoimmune disease is from the gut. And I think if we- Maybe can you could talk to my kids about that because they won't listen to me about it. <laughs> well, it depends on how bad you want it. That's what I, I think. Like if, if it's good point. acne, if it's um, not, you know, being tired or brain fog and- people that I work best with are at the end of their rope because people Mm -hmm. that are so, so, and they're, they're getting by. Okay. They've got the occasional pain and the occasional heartburn and occasional this occasional that it's not until 
it's interfering with their day-to-day life. But I say, why wait until then? And, but I would say maybe 10% of people will embrace it right now without Mm -hmm. having the chronic conditions. But when somebody is at the end of the rope and they want something really bad, which is health, um, that's when they are most effective working with me Mm. uh, because I, I want people who are serious and, and not like, yeah, that's nice. Cause I, I searched for 20 years for this information. Mm. I wanted it. And when I heard it, I held on tight and I'm still holding on and I'm Mm. still healthy. And, um, I just had my 50th birthday and, um, the frequent comment is I can't believe you're 50. And Mm -hmm. I say it's a lifestyle. It's not genetic. And when you embrace something and you live, like I'm living very healthy and I don't miss anything. I, I, the way I eat, the, like the, how I show up in the world, my Mm non-negotiables, exercising, meditation, mindfulness, cold plunges, it all works together. And I feel great. Why do I want to not feel great? (laughs) I've already (laughs) done that my whole life. I was sick. Why do I want to be sick today? I don't. Does it mean that I'm 100% all the time? No. Um, I teach 80, 20, 90, 10 lifestyle. So there is that mm-hmm. 10, 20% where you're celebrating, you're out, you're out to eat. I try not to have the bad oils and a lot of sugar and mm-hmm. alcohol. And, you know, but then there is the occasion that that you do enjoy. And so I don't say it's nothing. Um, you can't do anything and your life is over. You just learn how to adapt and and do things a little bit different and make your own desserts and uh, mm-hmm. make fantastic meals at home that fill you up and energize you and not make you feel mm-hmm. sluggish and tired like when you eat out. So oh, yeah. that's that's where I got to you today. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, uh, it's it's interesting. My my own journey toward health has been very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of it had to do with my divorce because after my divorce i went through a spell where i lost a lot of weight and then i gained a lot of weight and then Mm -hmm. i lost a lot of weight and then i gained a lot of weight um it was only when it became a lifestyle for me Mm -hmm. that it's been more consistent Mm -hmm. since then Mm -hmm. you know one of the things that helped me the most and it, it wasn't intentional was removing sugar for the most part Mm -hmm. outside of fruit yeah uh in fact there are some fruit if it's too ripe i can't eat it because it's too sweet for me you've adjusted your palate which oh yeah in fact i i can tell you the day i knew it happened and those who are familiar with this podcast have heard this story but i'll tell it very briefly my my youngest when the original despicable me movie came out when it was in the theater it was right around her birthday and i took her to see it and she wanted this daddy-sized uh, cherry limeade. She wanted to share, right? Well, and she's this teeny tiny little thing. And so I was like, fine. Now, I had been doing some stuff prior to that, and I hadn't seen no results from doing it. I was still doing it. Uh, Juice Plus is what I was, what I'd started with at that time. And I can remember the first sip of that. There was still carbonation in it, but what I tasted was so sweet. I I almost couldn't swallow it. Mm -hmm. It reminded me when I was a kid, my parents would sweeten their coffee with liquid fructose. If you ever tasted that, the closest thing I can come up to 
is if you're getting a soda where the carbonation doesn't work. So it's only the syrup that you're tasting. Yeah. That's as close as I can get to it. But it's super, yeah. super sweet. And it's like, I couldn't drink anymore. It's like, honey, this is yours. You can drink it. Now, that also meant we had eight trips to the bathroom during the movie. But yeah. that's when I remembered it. And so now yeah. to this day, I mean, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a really good thing. And that's, that's what I recommend. Um, men should have 35 grams of sugar a day. Women, about 23 to 25, unless mm. you're a serious athlete. And a banana, for example, has 12 grams. Um, if you're, if you're waking up in the morning and putting a banana and berries, um, you're having your entire daily allotment of sugar in your smoothie. And then throughout the day, if you're having salad dressing and ketchup and, Mm -hmm. uh, your, your packaged foods, like most Americans are having almost a hundred grams of sugar a day. Um, even healthy Americans, you know, Mm -hmm. Right. Um, okay. So just understanding like where, where is it that we should try to be and how do we get there? And, and part of it is just showing up, listening to things like this. Um, Mm -hmm. and I have, I have a funny story about my daughters. Like I was, I would have never let them do what your daughter did just because of my own journey. No, I get it. I get (laughs) it. But let me tell you. So we were at a kindergarten, my oldest daughter, and it was a potluck and mm. we were asked to bring things. And so I don't, I don't remember what I brought, but we were going through the line and my daughter, there's a tray and she points to it and she said, what are those? And the parents around me were just like breathless and they're like, oh, no. And it was, it was a plate of donuts. <laughs> <laughs> And they were like, you are so bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so I said, mean. you know what? I don't care. Like she, and, and to this day, neither of my girls, like they'll have a donut occasionally, but we grew up with donuts and mm. you know, they're so good. The old fashioned yeah. and the glazed and the bear claws and the <laughs> apple fritters and, sure. and, and it's something that you get a taste for. And then you're like, I love this. So I wanted mm-hmm. to give them a leg up and not get them hooked on something like donuts at a young age. Um, sure. So anyway, that was my funny story of, of trying to keep them away from that. <laughs> <laughs> for anybody who follows you for any length of time on social media, they're going to see you making all kinds of amazing creations in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. First of all, how do you come up with these? And what are some of your favorites? Um, I believe that you, you have to, you, you can't go too far off of your normal life. So I love, um, like carne asada. That's what I'm making tonight. So do I not have carne asada? No, I just make it. Um, I don't use any soy sauce. I Mm -hmm. don't use sugar. I marinate it in like orange juice, lemon juice, lime juice. And I have a mixture of seasoning that I rub it down with. And, uh, and then I use, um, jicama tortillas from Trader Joe's, um, Mm. instead of the grains and it's crunchy and it works and they hold, it holds together really nicely. And you don't miss anything, especially when you're trying to be mindful of what's going in. Um, I make a, um, an alternative butter chicken 
like okay. Indian style with mm-hmm. uh, cauliflower rice and it is divine. It's really good. Um, I make trays of, I do always have lots of, um, of good carbs, like squash, uh, sweet mm-hmm. potatoes. Uh, I don't recommend white potato because it is a nightshade. Um, it can be inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, and I, and I don't do grains, um, on occasion I do, but usually never, never do gluten. So I, I have just swapped out things. So when you're sitting at my table, you're fulfilled, you're full, you're satiated, you don't miss anything. And a lot of the comments of people that usually have bread on their table are like, wow, like I didn't Mm -hmm. even miss it. I don't need it. And you don't, you, you don't need it. And then you see how you feel after, which is not that crash. You're actually stabilized and you feel good because your body is eating functional food that's mm-hmm. nourishing it and not <laughs> taking away sugar spike crash. So, um, yeah. so I come up with it organically through things that we love to eat. And I, there's, there's many favorites. Um, there's even schnitzel. I make schnitzel for my girls, but I make it mm. with coconut flour and plantain flour and, um, and I'll mix in spices. And so, mm. and then I'll fry it in avocado oil. So mm-hmm. There's ways that you can still have things that are kind of like your cheat foods, but, but you Mm -hmm. just do it with different things. And if I do sweet potato fries, it's done again in avocado oil because it has the highest sperm point. Mm -hmm. Um, So switching out your oils, like get rid of your vegetable oil, your canola oil, your grapeseed, your like all these, like get rid of them. Like just, you can do a simple shift by just changing out the oils, like have coconut, avocado, Mm -hmm and olive oil be your staples and, and you'll have already changed your health, um, by just doing that simple little thing. Wow. Yeah. And get rid of your aluminum foil, replace it with parchment paper because your body is sucking in metals. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's another surprising thing that a lot of people don't do already, but throw it out. (laughs) If you do want to use aluminum foil, make sure that there's parchment over the top of it, like double layer. And, um, yeah, but it's, but it's toxic. Like metals in the body are linked to Alzheimer's dementia. We don't want that. No, that's not fun. No, no. (laughs) So what's a, uh, if, if you had to give somebody on the spot, it's like, okay, somebody who is, who is constantly on the go or uh, like you remember how you used to travel a lot, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, maintaining that healthy kind of lifestyle that you're talking about, not one where you look like it's healthy, but it's really not one where it actually is. What's, what's something that's, that's a go-to that you could take with you on a regular basis, even if you're like traveling. Yeah. Um, so this will lead me into the product that I'm developing. Yay. Let's let's get into it. Because, uh, this is the question that I get. Okay. Either I'm busy I don't know how to make it. I'm on the go. I can't, mm-hmm. I'm not home. What do I do? And yeah. if you're eating the way I recommend, it's really hard to find a product um, that's non-inflammatory. And let me just define inflammatory. Mm. Um, omega-6, omega-3, right? We've got these, um, these, these two. So omega-6, when it gets in the body, creates inflammation. We need inflammation. We get cut. The body goes, it heals. 
it swells, you get a sprained ankle, it swells, inflammation is healing. Um, you also need the anti-inflammation, which is omega-3. And these need to be a one-to-one ratio, a balance. Okay. And when you're, um, you think you're eating good and you're doing like um, almond milk and you're having gluten-free with almond flour, and then you have almonds throughout the day. Almonds are 2,006 to one, three. So while in moderation, six to 10 almonds a day might be okay for most people. I can't have any, it just triggers me. I can't, I can't have them. But so what are you putting Mm. in your body that's creating inflammation that you think is good? And so all these products are out there. So number one, you're going to find almonds in every snack food, every bar, every, everything that Mm. you're consuming, you're going to find bad oils. You're going to find fillers. You're going to find gums in the milks, the plant-based milks that you're, you think, oh, I'm not doing dairy. I'm doing plant-based milk. Well, look at the sugar content. Look at the added sugars. Look at the flavors. Look at the, the gums that are going into it that disrupt the gut microbiome. Uh, Mm. Some of these artificial sweeteners live in your intestines and they don't leave and it creates bloating and gas and discomfort. And so knowing all this, it's really hard for me to recommend products. And I finally, after working with people for a couple of years, I said, I really have to, I have to take this on. Like it's my duty uh, Mm -hmm. and responsibility to do what I do at home and allow other people to have the same opportunity of partaking in a product that I can recommend. So Mm -hmm. my first product to market is going to be granola because it's a very good grab and go and it's a seed based and um, there's no nuts, no grains and every granola out there has the other two. And so, and it doesn't compromise on taste. It's really delicious. And, okay. and it's something that is kind of like my first gift. I'm looking at it as a gift to the world because mm. this is something that people can grab and go and you can eat it all day long. You can have it for breakfast. You can mm-hmm. have it as a snack. Um, and then there will be subsequent products that are coming out. But when people see my brand, what I desire is that wherever they see it in the store, they know that they can grab it. It's going to be a product that is not inflammatory. I've vetted it. It's going to be clean uh, whenever I can get source ingredients from biodiverse farmers. I will do so. It's going to be uh, non-GMO, organic, good oils, and um, and made made with with love and and the intention of helping others. And it's also going to be um, proceeds are going to be going to uh, an organization um, called the Unstoppable Foundation, and. So it's, it's a passion of mine that mm-hmm. lights me up. And I'm also writing a book about it because when you are wanting to release a food product, there's 50 things that you have to do simultaneously, mm-hmm. um, working with a co-packer, facilitator, sourcing ingredients, distribution, um, facilitator who helps everything come to the table at once and your certifications, what kitchen are you going to use? How are you going to get funding? Um, mm. Like when, when to do what the trajectory or KPIs, it, like there's so many things that I'm undertaking right now that are, that are really intense, but I also feel that, you know what, while I'm doing it, 
there could be other people that also want to put quality products out to the world and they need mm-hmm. to know that natural flavors are not good. Like they, why do we need them? Why do we need fillers? Like, please do, please create a food product that doesn't have all this junk and and good oils. And, and so I want to, I want to make a business model that even though it costs a lot more, my profit margin is going to be less, but I don't care because I want people to, I, I want people to have something that, that is going to heal them because I think we're, our bodies are broken and it makes me sad to see 60, 70, 80 year old walking down the street, hunched over solo yellow shuffling. Mm-hmm. That should not be the case. And I'm on a mission to make good products available for people to make it easier for them to live a healthy life. For sure. Do me a favor. I want you to picture something in your mind. I want you to picture two things. Okay. I want you to picture your refrigerator. Okay. And I want you to picture your pantry. Okay. If you were going into somebody's home as a consultant. Mm-hmm. And you were, you were going to help this person based upon what's in your fridge and what's in your pantry, what would be staples, have to have kind of things that you would put in both immediately? Ah, well, I, if you look at my refrigerator, it is chock full of vegetables and fruit and, um, leftovers from like dinner, lunch and glass containers that we can pull from. And mm-hmm. so we have like prepared meals. Um, and it's very clean. You would find ingredients to make uh salad dressing. I make all my own salad dressing. So I have like mustard and ginger and, you know, garlic and, um, mixing that with whatever it is, it could be mint or dill or basil and with some olive oil so I'll shake it together. Like, so I want to make sure that you have like, kind of like charcuterie style too. Like I've got mm. olives and I have, um, well-sourced antibiotic free, free range cuts of, um, of meat, um, that mm-hmm. we can grab from and just, yeah, just really, really fresh. Like everything in my refrigerator, except for things in jars, uh, is, can be thrown away. I mean, within like a week, if I don't eat it, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's very fresh in the pantry. I have, um, well-sourced, you know, tuna, um, that I get, and I've got, you know, again, like olives and, um, I don't do a lot of tomato, but sometimes I do like tomato paste, mm-hmm. um, but very, very clean. Um, honey, I try to get it within 50 mile radius because if you have allergies, getting honey and within a 50 mile radius helps with, um, allergies when you're having some, um, just real, real clean. My coffee is organic and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of molds in coffee. So be careful of where you get it from. If you're drinking coffee and I do bulletproof style, um, I don't use any creamers uh or or milk in it. Um my cheese is all sheep and goat uh because the molecular structure is smaller. They're smaller animals than cows that need to grow their babies to a thousand pounds within a few months. Right. And it's harder for our bodies to process. And yeah, eggs. <laughs> That's in my refrigerator okay. too. Okay. Um, yeah. 
to try no and salad change. dressings. That's right. <laughs> no prepackaged salad dressings. Got that. There are a few that are okay, though. There are a few. Well, if you're making it, you already know what's in it. So yeah. Okay. This is called the Relationships and Revenue Podcast, so I don't think I could talk about it without talking about relationships. Because I believe that in order for our businesses to be the absolute best they can be, mm-hmm. it requires us to be investing in and making better our most significant relationships. For most of us, those are the ones at home. Mm-hmm. So with that as the backdrop, what are you doing right now, Colette, to build into and to make better your most significant relationships at home? And what impact do those relationships have on your business? That's a great question. Um, and I have to back up and say that prior to my my divorce, um, I'm a very loving, giving person. I'm the one that moms call. Can you pick up my kid? Because they know that mm. I'll be there anyway and that I would take care of them and feed them and they'd be safe. And, um, I had a lot of people around me that were takers and I was the giver. And so one of the things that was really hard for me initially is starting to pull back and not Mm -hmm. say yes to everything and start looking at, am I feeding myself first? Am I putting on the oxygen mask first? And so once, once I started realizing like where all my energy is going out to, and it's not that I can't give, but it was, am I nourishing myself so that I can nourish the ones that I love the most so mm-hmm. I can show up and be the mom properly to my children? Am I cutting my time too tight to where I can't mm-hmm. sit down and have a meal with them? Like what, what is it? So And then there's also, you know, when you are a parent and you are giving, there's also the aspect of, wait a minute, are you, are you taking care of yourself too? And are you allowing yourself time to spend with those friends, partner that, that lights you up, that re-energizes you, um, Mm -hmm. the people that support you and give back equally to you? Are you nourishing those relationships? And so I, I feel that in life, it's important to look. And I'm also doing a women's retreat in Hmm. Bodrum, Turkey in October. And I'm doing it there by design, because if, if it's domestic, a lot of women will say, Oh, you know, my daughter's sick and I can't go. I got to rush home. And Mm -hmm. no, this is something where you set up your childcare, you take off work, you go to another part of the world it's a novel experience. It's a once in a lifetime experience. And Mm. you go with other fantastic women and you let go, you learn, you learn how to take care and nourish your body. Because when women, we can show up and we can give that love to ourselves. We Mm. can give 10 times the amount that we normally could. And that's the one thing that I want, especially women to understand is when you're filling your own cup you can then give back even more so than you ever dreamt and doing it with a whole heart and a happy spirit and it will light you up, but you can't do it from an empty vessel. And I've been there and I know that. And, and so today I've learned that no is a complete sentence. And (laughs) if something doesn't align with me, I can walk away graciously and not feeling guilty because that was something that was hard for me too. I felt guilty for letting people down, even though they didn't deserve it. 
and weren't worthy of that. Now I see it. And <laughs> so I can, I can graciously say, no, that doesn't work for me. And that was really hard for me to do for other people. I know that maybe they need to work on <laughs> being a little nicer, but <laughs> for me, it was like the no is a complete sentence was, was, uh, over 10 year process for me to be able to say that confidently. Sure. Sure. I get that. Thanks for tuning in to part one of my interview with Colette Brown. Now, if you're paying attention, you should notice that part two is available to you right now. So I highly suggest you jump on part two so you can get the full experience of the entire interview I had with Colette. Thanks for tuning in today and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.